I asked my podcast partner, Jen Akins, to pound the table for a committee running back this week. Jen, who you pounded the table for? This week, I'm going Antonio Gibson. Ooh. I love Antonio Gibson. All of a sudden, it's funny. I don't know. But I think this year, I think you got Eric Bieniemy in the mix. He's going to use him more in the pass game like he did Jarek McKinnon. He's a 10th rounder. I mean, let's go. Super talented kid. Also, uh, all the Brian Robinson scuttlebutt out there isn't positive so far. Exactly. So, yeah, Bring I'm it. excited. I'm with you. All right. You heard it from Jen. Go get you some Antonio Gibson. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me is my excellent co-host, the incomparable Jen Akins. Jen, how you doing, buddy? I am doing wonderful today. I am um, excited. My 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 town of Denver is possibly on the precipice of the first ever NBA uh, championship. Exciting. I say that, but, you know, it may not happen. Right now, the game is on to my right, so if you see me do this a lot. That's what's happening. However, I will be full on in. I'm ready to talk running backs. It is summer. It is, um, yeah, really, can't, no complaints here. How about you? It's good. Everything is coming up, Jen. It's awesome. No, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm happy. Weather's been good here. It's been nice. Uh, we get to talk running backs and murky running back situations this week. That's what we want to go through. Go through some of those teams. So, uh, I like to the idea that we're going to be able to make some sense of all these murky situations. That's what we'll I'm try to all about, or at least try to. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, let's start with Dalvin Cook because. It's apropos that our big news story is going to involve murky running back situations or unmurky or whatever we want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Dalvin Cook released by the Minnesota Vikings. We uh, had heard rumors for months about him being on the trade block, supposedly now. And this is all just Twitter scuttlebutt that I've heard. But supposedly uh, the trade couldn't happen because Dalvin Cook wouldn't back off his financial demands in order to facilitate the trade which I don't think Dalvin Cook is under any obligation to do so. So good mm-hmm. on him. And uh, the reason he's not with a new team supposedly is because he has salary demands. And I understand the idea of being patient. So there's really no rush for Dalvin Cook to go out there and sign a sweetheart deal with whatever team he's interested in at this time. So we'll see where he lands. But my first question for you, Jen, is alexander madison is this all that it's cracked up to be because obviously his adp is going sky high now and people are very bullish on this kid i don't know it's he scares me a little bit right i mean we've had decent sample sizes and he has shown up but you know it depends on really where it lands um i'm not sure exactly where it is right now um i saw him go i've seen him go in the third round you know i've seen him go in the fourth round uh, it, it's a little bit scary as we get higher up. I mean, this offense is known for being run heavy. So, you know, I understand the excitement um, of him earning that backfield and, and earning that, that starting spot. Let's see right now. His ADP is 65.7. Um, as of right now, uh, it went week. up a whole round in the last, uh, it's gone up 11.7 spots in a week. So yeah, it's a little scary for me, uh, but I do like him. You know, like I was telling you before we started the show, I- I'm not opposed to some Dwayne McBride in, in the 18th round either. You know, um, in case you know Madison goes down, or you know, we have to kind of see what 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 the game plan is there without Dalvin Cook and what they're going to do if they're going to go a little less run first, run heavy, or if they're going to continue to just roll with Alexander Madison in that same role that Cook had. You know, is he going to get the passing work. I mean, is Madison, you know, cause cook was really good. And, and in fact, 
you know, he was one of the reasons that Kirk Cousins is really good, um, you know, in that play action situation. So I don't know. Uh, I, I think um, he's very rich, but it's one of those things that it could absolutely pay off or he could end up, you know, underneath that next tier of guys um, where he really should be. But we shall see. I mean, are you, I know you have strong feelings. I, I kind of think the first off, I don't understand why Minnesota cut him this year. I feel like you could have gone one more year and, and because the cap savings that you're going to get right now, they're not going to fill any slot with that. Like they're going to re-sign their own next year with money that's going to be tacked on later. So it had to be a relationship thing. There had to be a situation where the relationship had deteriorated enough to the point where he needed and wanted to be out of there. So, cause I think he's still a productive uh, player. If you look at his efficiency statistics, they have dropped over the past two seasons, uh, kind of peaked in 2020. Then the last two seasons, the efficiency stats have dropped. He's still really good. Still a very good player. Like you said, he does everything he passes or he catches passes. Well, he runs the ball well. And so I, I he think may even pass. We don't know. He may pass. Yeah, he might do it. <laughs> Dalvin cook cooks. We know that. So, uh, so does his I, brother, you know, I, I love I, him. I, I absolutely stole that line from you talking about James Cook. So, just so, yeah. so credit where credit's due. Uh, I think he's going to land somewhere and it's probably going to cause more Merck. So at, at yeah, some point we're going to have an asterisk here, but I feel like there's not a lot of spots where it's not going to like break the fantasy hearts of, you know, like yep. there, there aren't really that many spots. Every single place he's going to land is probably going to be brutal. I mean, I think, you know, are we going to, do we want to talk about landing spots? Are we, are we doing that? Uh, we can. I One thing I'm going to say is Dalvin Cook, I just got him in the seventh round, and I feel like that's a little too far to let him slide in traps right now because he will land somewhere, and he will be going somewhere to get a significant workload. And so if he's going in the seventh round, he's being drafted around some big-time question marks, and I just don't think he belongs in that category. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's interesting, though. I think people are just kind of they're nervous because they don't know where he's going to go and what – kind of havoc he's going to wreak on the backfield of wherever he goes um where i don't know i don't know if that that adp is people thinking that he's going to end up in a complimentary role somewhere as opposed to a lead back role somewhere i don't know yeah i i guess that's got to be it but you know if he lands in miami he's going to be the guy i mean sure we, we're going to see mostert uh jeff wilson probably gets relegated completely to a backup role devonna chain might still get some change of pace work but we might be looking more 2024 for a chain in that situation uh and that, i know that's one of the spots that he's most rumored is there a spot you'd like him to land you know i kind of would like to see him here in denver yeah i mean you know at least in the beginning of the year we're looking at, you know, some AJP Ryan. And, and I think that, you know, with Latavius Murray gone and Javante Williams hurt, I mean, I think he could stroll right into a really good, you know, a good spot here. So I'd like to see him here. You know, I feel like, like we said, there aren't that many other places that he could walk right in and be the lead back. There's just, you know, like you said, Miami, I mean, there's a few other spots, but everywhere else there's already Merck at the top with yeah. people, you know, and we're going to get into that right now. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get to the, some of those murky situations. Also, our friend Halal Chami is cursing the heavens right now for you even putting uh, Denver in the conversation because we all know he loves him some Smaji P. Ryan this year. Listen, I like P. Ryan too, and he's cheap, and you know he's sure. great. But uh, you know, as a as a part time Bronco fan, um, I would like to see him here a little bit. I feel like. You know, I, and, and for fantasy purposes too, I mean, Samaj P. Run, let's be real. Like, he's in a good spot where he is being drafted and all of that, but he's not going to be like a, you know, he's not a top five running back. It's just not going to happen. 
Yeah, uh, you're you're a hundred percent correct. Uh, yeah. Jake from State Farm, thanks for joining us. Uh, Jake has Josh Allen and Trey Lance in a one quarterback startup league. Uh, yeah, what do we you. think about Hendon Hooker <laughs> long term? I like Hendon Hooker long term. I think he's a, a lottery ticket. I think he's just as likely to never see the field as he is to develop into a starter. If you have a nice taxi squad spot that you can stash him on, then I'm a fan. Uh, if you're taking him in the late second, third round of a rookie mock. Uh, or of a rookie draft, then I like it. Uh, if you're investing too much more than that or investing some actual assets or uh, even a roster spot in a one quarterback league, I think it's probably not worthwhile. So thanks for listening, though. That's my thoughts on Hendon Hooker right now and his dynasty value. So we could do a lot of different teams here. I've kind of separated the teams into Merck, very murky, very murky situations and not Merck, but the pond needs skimming, right? Situations where yeah, we, we kind of have an idea, but we're not certainly, uh, you know, 100% of what's going on. So let's start with my favorite spot. I want to I start with the Bears because they have three running backs who I like. I like all three of them, Jen. I'm drafting all three of them, and I'm going to be bitterly disappointed and ecstatic by some outcome of this situation. So with the Bears, what are you buying? <laughs> First of all, no love for the fourth, Travis Homer. No love there? Only three? Eh, <laughs> eh, I waited long enough for Travis Homer. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, No, I hear you. Um, this is difficult, you know, because you've got they're – they're going to probably do a two-back system, right? I mean – it's there's not going to be a lead back here. The Merc is going to stay the Merc, but they're going to have a two back system. Herbert should be the number one guy. You know, right now he's he's actually ranked right where he's being drafted. So in four for four rankings, he's thirty nine, and he is uh, RB forty on underdog right now as an eleventh rounder. I'm down. I mean, I think a lot of people for some reason are, are scared off of him. I think um, because of first of all, first when they signed Dante Foreman, and then you know they drafted Roshan Johnson. So. I'm down with Herbert uh, Foreman. He's on a one-year prove-it deal. So, you know, right now he's ranked as RB 58. Um, his ADP is RB 51. He's a 14th rounder. And then Johnson is, is actually um, John Paulson. For some reason has him a lot lower Johnson. He has as uh, RB 60. Um, he is being drafted as RB 47 um, in the 13th round. So um, John doesn't see the rookie getting as much work. I mean, I like him. You know, he was, he, you know, prospect wise, people really, really liked him coming out um, into the NFL. So, you know, it's one of those things. I feel like whoever's going to protect fields the best in training camp is going to win the job. But I will say this, you know, we originally were going to do this podcast, this topic uh, two weeks ago. So I did all the research two weeks ago. Then when I went to do it again this morning, um, I noticed, you know, a lot of sh shift in just two weeks, but I will say that all Chicago running backs fell in the last two weeks. So all of them uh, fell in ADP. I did forget to mention Travis Homer just because I'm going to, I mean, I did mention him, but I mean his, so he's an 18th rounder right now. His ADP, uh, he is RB 131. John has him ranked 87 though. So oh, nice. Nice. He's, he's in the conversation. He has a seat at the, you know, table, if you will. With running back attrition, it never hurts to keep an eye on those RB4s on a team. Especially I mean, somebody, in best yeah. ball. In, in, in redraft, ball. You're, yeah. yeah. You're not drafting Homer in best ball. Um, you're probably not. I don't know. In, I mean, in redraft, that's where it gets tricky. Like, in redraft, I may just skip this backfield altogether. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. we're talking best ball when it comes to, you know, committees and, and all this stuff. But straight up redraft where you're only starting, say, two running backs a week and then the rest on your bench. I mean, maybe roll the dice with Herbert or Johnson. 
mm-hmm. but uh, I might skip this altogether uh, in redraft. I think that's very fair. I think in a PPR league, Deontay Foreman becomes less interesting, but in a standard league or even a half PPR league, I think Deontay Foreman in a redraft, I think we're going to see him get eight to 10 touches. I think that's it's just going to be early down work and kind of the work that he did there. I think that the Bears want to run a two-back system. And right now they have Khalil Herbert uh, running with the ones in practice for take that for whatever it, whatever it means. Uh, what I take from that is Khalil Herbert is healthy after being hurt last year. So that's a good sign for me. Herbert is a dynamic player who does everything pretty well and uh, has had some success already. So I I'm buying Herbert at his cost. I don't think he's going to be a top 12 back, but I think he's going to put up RB2 numbers more often than not. And I think he's going to be, you know, in that RB20 range each week. And so if you're drafting him as the RB39, which is where he's going, I think that's going to be good value. Somebody in that backfield is going to be the guy, at least to some extent, like David Montgomery was. And the other guy might still have a little value too. Uh, Roshan, we all love Roshan. Right, we all love him as a prospect. Uh, Bijan Robinson says he would draft Roshan Johnson on his fantasy team. Uh, we all love it, right? However, not a lot of draft capital there. He's walking into the third running back situation, and it's very on brand for John Paulson to rank a guy like that pretty low. And usually, he's right. We all get really excited about rookies, and I'm definitely taking a stab at him in best ball, but I'm not going to assume that he's going to make a redraft impact. That's kind of where I am with Roshan. So I kind of get John's ranking. Yeah, I think another thing I wanted to point out as you were talking, it hit me. It's like, okay, I kind of understand why. Like you were saying, you know, Herbert could potentially be an RB2 for the price of an RB4. Uh, I think a lot of people just look at the offense immediately like fields, runs, you know, discount running backs, and that's what happens. So I think people don't realize that they are going to, you know, do some designed run plays. They really will. Occasionally. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, those guys are in play. And Herbert's uh, an an able pass catcher uh in a way that Deontay Foreman is not a threat to him in that way so maybe Roshan Johnson becomes a threat in that way but it seems like Herbert's got the leg up on the depth chart so I do think we could see him in that 50 target range which will give him that little added burst so uh I I love all these guys though Foreman is such a great story right coming you know Uh all those catastrophic injuries labeled a bust and then he fills in for Henry and does well and then he fills in for McCaffrey and does well and then Herbert I've always liked you know fifth round guy comes in and and plays really well he was one of the few guys that uh I really liked at the running back position pre-draft that panned out (laughs) most of the time I like running running back isn't my hit rate with drafts I'm good with corners you love those rookie running backs you take them no matter what I love them I love them but there's always some with Michael P Ryan and the on day three that I love and just ends up doing nothing so uh ends up being the way that goes let's go to Buffalo because uh the Buffalo Bills they've got your boy James right so what was that Shuffle off to Buffalo. Shuffle Wasn't... off to I love it. We shuffle off to Buffalo. I Isn't love that it. a song or a movie or something? It my, should could, be. If it's my, not. no, it is. My dad used to say it. It's a, it's a something. Okay. It's an old, yeah, it's like an old song or an old movie or something. I like anyway. it. I like it. We can shuffle off to Buffalo. Yeah, like that. that's what we're doing. So we've got your boy James Cook there, and then they bring in Damian Harris. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of questions about how that backfield is going to break down. Can James Cook? assume a lead role what kind of situation are you expecting in buffalo well you know i want james cook to be the guy i mean he's got you know he he's got really good receiving chops he's got an explosive skill set you know but it's buffalo and they don't really use running backs you know the way we'd like them to for fantasy purposes Um, but i do like james cook and right now he's right on the eighth ninth turn 
Uh, he's, you know, James or John has him as RB 40. Um, he's being drafted as RB 30. Um, you know, Damian Harris, like he's fine, right? He's coming off kind of an injury riddled season. Um, he's fine in standard leagues. I wouldn't take Damian Harris in a PPR league. I think he's going to be fine. He's going to get his share of, you know, rushing work. Um, he's a 10th rounder right now. Uh, his ADP is RB 38. John has him as RB 41. You know, I am okay with him. Like I said, in standard and I like cook, but I feel like neither of them are really more than an RB three. I don't think we can count, you know, on anything more, um, than a fantasy RB three on either of them. And then you've got Naeem Hines, you know, poor Naeem Hines. I've wanted him to I like, know. I've wanted him to be that, you know, PPR darling. And he's had moments of it, but yeah, I just don't see, you know, I don't see him more than an 18th round flyer at this point in case one of those guys goes down. Cause you also have Latavius Murray yeah, who, you know, I feel like, I think he's kind of the direct insurance replacement for Harris, right? He's the big back guy. Um, last year he had 171 carries for 760 rushing yards and six touchdowns between New Orleans and Denver. So not bad. We can't count out Latavia. We counted him out last year and we shouldn't have. So he's there as well. I feel like he's kind of the replacement for for Harris or the direct backup, you know, as the big guy there. But you know, it's one of those things I don't think any Buffalo running back is going to be a huge fantasy, you know, but I think they're appropriately priced. I mean, James Cook you know, as an RB three. And I mean, he might be a little rich in the eighth, ninth round, but um, I'm still taking him. Is, uh, is that a Dalvin cook spot? Uh, Buffalo. Oh Lord. Um, I mean, I guess yeah. <laughs> I hope not. Cause that's pretty freaking murky um, already. <laughs> I hope that they don't. I mean, I can't imagine that would be cool though for the brothers to be able to play together again from a I'm football sure. perspective and a story perspective. Yeah. It's cool, but yeah, I'm fantasy. Sure, yeah, I'm sure they played together plenty in their childhood on little yep. league teams and whatnot. So that would be pretty cool. But um, I don't, I mean, I guess it could, I mean, honestly, we can't rule out any spot at this yep. point for Dalvin cook. I mean, I guess salary cap wise. And we, we could, if we actually looked into the numbers, I'm sure there's teams that legit cannot um, bring him on, but um I guess he could go there. I don't want him to go there, though. There's all kinds of places that make a lot of sense to me, but I don't want to go for yeah. fantasy purposes. All my Rashad White shares don't want him in Tampa, but he makes so much sense in Tampa. He does make sense there, and I don't want him there either because I have plenty of Rashad White. And I also, no. yeah, agree. <laughs> uh, one thing I, I wanted to mention, Naheem Hines probably going to win both return jobs. He uh, came over to kind of seize that role immediately when he got to Buffalo last year and thrived in that role. So unfortunately, I think you're right. We're not going to see him offensively very much, but I do think his roster spot is safe because he, he adds so yeah. much in the return game. So, so let's talk about uh, our team, the Miami Dolphins. I know, uh, I know you, you, you split your fandom now, but you know, it's still, no, we're I'm, de I'm definitely a dolphin fan forever yeah. and ever from the womb till now. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of Merc there. Like we mentioned a little bit when you said Dalvin cook could show up there, but there's a lot. I mean, they still have, I mean, obviously all these guys are not going to make the roster, but right now they have like six or seven running backs in the mix. I mean, there's a lot of guys there. Uh, you know, I think like you said, I don't know. I mean, it's funny. So in the beginning of the season, you had Mostert and Wilson were very similarly priced. And I feel like Mostert is kind of pulling away a little bit. Obviously, the rookie there is, uh, you know, I mean, he's the only long-term contract they have. So 
I feel like, and he's, you know, he's ridiculously fast. So he's a 10th rounder right now. Um, at, uh, let's see, John has him at 27 and he's RB 39. And then Wilson is actually 54 and 54. So he's ranked exactly where he's going. Um, then we have, uh, oh, I forgot about Mostert. Mostert is RB 50. Uh, we've got Ahmed still there, you know, down in RB 139. And then we even have Miles Gaskin is in the mix. And there's what Alec Ingold is there too. Like it's, it's a yeah. lot, but obviously those guys are probably not uh, in, in the conversation for fantasy purposes. And then if you throw Dalvin cook or they could still sign, you know, Kareem hunt or Lenny, I mean, who knows? Like Mike McDaniel I, it may not be done. I mean, I feel like, I don't know. It, it, I guess we see right. How training camp progresses, you know, I don't know. And and Zeke would be a great spot, uh, landing well, spot in Miami. Too, yeah. Zeke's uh, Zeke's still a very good pass blocker. So if he gets brought in, it's very possible he could take some of that two down work. And Raheem Mostert, I think, will have a role as long as he's healthy. And that could just phase the rookie and Jeff Wilson out completely. So it's very possible. It's tough to really. And then the good news about it, they're all double digits. So you're yep. not investing anything major into any of these guys because it could all be shot. Like you said, they could bring in someone else and they could all fall off. So, uh, you know, they're all 10th round or higher or lower or higher. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? yeah, they're all 10th round or later uh, in the draft. So, you know, if you're going to roll the dice on the Miami, because I mean, listen, Miami is going to run the ball. You know, and they ran the ball last year and their offense, you know, should be fairly good, hopefully. Um, so, you know, there are going to be fantasy components. We just have to kind of wait and see how it shakes out, which is, you know, the whole reason for this podcast. It's just Merck, Merck and Merck. So in best ball, my recommendation is to sprinkle them all in. Mm -hmm. And in redraft, my recommendation is to take Mostert uh, at cost. I feel like he's very cheap and has RB2 upside. Uh, I know that I keep saying that, but... That's Mostert was a very quality fantasy asset down the stretch last year. And I think that's going to carry over because all they did was add a chain. Uh, mm -hmm. Who's a good back, but I don't think that's going to completely nudge Mostert out of the equation at all. And we've learned with Mostert, he doesn't need 20 touches to put up fantasy stats. It, you right. Know, he he can... just needs to stay healthy though. That's you exactly. Know. So that's in redraft, end. in redraft at his cost, I, I think he's, I think he's valuable. I think you can trot him out as an RB three or flex option in any given week. And, uh, see what happens. And then in Dynasty, I'm definitely buying Devon Chain uh, or Devonta Chain at, at cost. I think uh, late first round is kind of where he's going, early second. I think that's that's very much worth worth going after it. So uh, let's see. Our next team I wanted to talk about was New Orleans because I'm seeing Kendra Miller like catapult up draft boards right now. I keep seeing him go around the seventh round. Like I'm seeing him in redraft formats. Oh, right wow. Now. I know. he's. Yeah, that's, uh, that's rich. I mean, he's a 12th rounder still on underdog, but uh, that's, that's rich for that situation. It's extremely, you know, it's cloudy and we have, you know, unfortunately we have Alvin Kamara, you know, we don't know what's going to happen legally with him. So he keeps, you know, I mean, if he's in the mix and he's doesn't, he does, he's not suspended. I mean, you know, he's a ninth rounder and he's the value of the off season. He if, is. If I mean, now granted case. he's taken, you know, his, his efficiency and his numbers have declined a bit from the old days, but listen, we know he's capable of a six touchdown game out of nowhere. So, you know, but right now he's uh his ADP is RB 31. Like I said, as a ninth rounder, 
you know, then you have, I mean, I know you you mentioned rookie Miller, but you also have Jamal Williams and we can't really just, we know we can't dismiss right? him. I mean, no, listen, he had 17 touchdowns last year. That's not sustainable. We know that, Sure. but you know, he still is valuable there. You know, the thing with him though, is everyone's always like, Oh, Williams is, you know, a pass catcher. But the thing is he actually had only more than four targets and only 15 of 90 games so oh really um, yeah like and and hat tip to uh oh god who wrote that it was an article i edited today i think it was uh matt jones or it was jace abby one of the two new guys that we have matt jones jace abby they're great they both wrote articles today and i can't remember who it was but i stole that stat from them because i was reading it and i was like oh that's interesting that is but, interesting you know last year he was mostly a goal line guy right he fell in the end zone 17 times um which was incredible but um you know, you've got him. And then we can't forget there's also Miss, Mr. Eno Benjamin is there as well. Yeah. And Jamal Williams, to me, um, I know you just mentioned Eno Benjamin. I just wanted to <laughs> piggyback a little on Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, yeah. like, if even if he's not good, he's enough for me to not draft Kendra Miller. <laughs> like, I'm not, I, I, I Jamal Williams is going to be the guy there, right? Like, Kendra Miller might get some touches, but they're, they paid Jamal Williams. Yeah, they brought him they did. in. If Kamara's not available, Williams is going to be at least the 1A, if not mm -hmm. the 1. So the best you're hoping for with Kendra Miller is 1B production. And I, yeah, I, I, I don't quite understand the love that I'm seeing of that. I've been in three redraft. These are redraft, not best ball. Redraft drafts or mocks in the last couple of weeks. And he's gone seventh round once and eighth round twice. And that's yeah. early. I'm looking at actually the one that you and I are in right now. And he went in the seventh. Yeah. It's um, crazy. And that like he went above like AJ Dillon, Rashad white, like Deandre Swift. Um, that's crazy. Just to back up. It was Matt Jones that wrote that article about Jamal Williams. It just came out uh, today. It was actually an article about Alvin Kamara, but um, it came out today on four for four. Uh, it's a player profile. And um, yeah. So check it out if you're interested in that in, in Kamara. But I think it's, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. I mean, and the other thing about Miller, by the way, you know how many passes he caught in college? How many? Oh, wow. <laughs> Two. His entire yeah. college career. I'm out. I'm out. So, and once again, Matt Jones, that was from him too. But yeah, he caught two two passes in college. So I can't imagine. I mean, not, yeah, I'm sure he can catch the ball. I mean, you know, he is a football player and all. However, uh, you know, he obviously wasn't utilized that way for a reason. So once again, for as rich as he's getting, I'm out as well. But I'll take Jamal Williams. Uh, no problem in the 11th. And you know, listen, if Kamara continues to slide, I have no problem taking him there either. Now, I would assume we're going to hear about, you know, if there is a suspension or I, I'm not sure what the timeline is for that. Um, I know it was. Yeah, you know, it's we, beyond me. I, last stuff, year I it was a thing and we waited yeah. all season and nothing happened. And then here we are again. And it might be yeah. the same situation where nothing happens and we wait all year. So, um, yeah. yeah. I also think Derek Carr helps both those backs. Like, yes. you know, so. mm -hmm. I'm uh, I, I'm interested that that offense in general uh, is interesting to me. There's a lot there. You know, as you know, we've talked about I, I've been taking Juwan Johnson. I've been taking Taysom Hill, you know. I think there's a lot of pieces in that offense that um, should be interesting if Derek Carr can kind of, you know, but listen, he's, he's better than people give him credit to as far as he just, is. you know, maintaining it and giving us fantasy goodness from his weapons. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. Um, Alvin Kamara is my favorite zero running back target right now. Okay. 
Because zero running back strategy, it, it banks on attrition in general, right? You're banking on the idea that the running back situation is so much in flux. It doesn't cost you that much. You pay a double digit. You know, I think the earliest I've had to take him is the late ninth round. And so it doesn't cost you much to take him. So if you end up having to drop him in a redraft league later on, it's really no skin off your back, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the potential for him to exceed his ADP makes him a target for me. I'm not, I don't want to count on him in most cases, but in a zero running back league, when I'm expecting to play the waivers and I'm kind of stockpiling guys like him and Samaje P Ryan and Antonio Gibson, who I know you like, those are guys that I'm targeting. And I think Kamara is definitely worth it in that situation. Agreed. Uh, so, okay. So kind of both, take both at cost right take take jamal and Kamara. yeah take yeah take jamal and Kamara cost and we're both kind of passing on miller for now um look at me down and look at me down on rookies look at this yeah i mean i think i have a few shares from uh before the draft but i don't think i've taken uh, much of miller since uh since april and his ADP uh, on underdog is, you know, a little more reasonable. He's going around Jalen Warren and take Bigsby. And that's, that's to me, that's kind of where he belongs. Jarek McKinnon is still inexplicably going around that point. But. Yeah, he's super. Well, I see, but I also feel like, you know, Bigsby and who's the other one you mentioned? Warren. Like Jalen those Warren. are, but both those guys are direct backups. Like Miller, Miller's got two guys in front of him still. So I, I don't know. I kind of feel like I'd rather give me Bigsby or Warren there. I like that. I like that. Uh, we're going to, I think, I think we're going to talk about Houston at some point today, but I want to talk about Devin Singletary too, also going around in that situation, but let's go to Philly, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm seeing all kinds of Kenneth Gainwell love from beat writers and and everything of that sort, which I know is kind of something we do in general like every year we all love Kenneth Gadewell it's what's what's happened the last two years mm-hmm. and we all get excited and then he just kind of fills a mm-hmm. occasional role he did have a pretty strong role in the playoffs he, he got lots of touches in the playoffs which was uh significant for him obviously Miles Sanders is gone they bring in Rashad Penny uh what do you make of this Philly backfield are you buying any of this Gainwell love do you think Penny is still the guy to own somebody else what do you think well, I do like Gainwell because he's still cheap. I mean, he's a 16th rounder. So, yeah, I, I think so. But I think, yeah, you've got Swift and Penny, and they're, it's 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 tough to really discern. I think both Swift and Penny, I feel like, are, are RB3s. I just don't know that you can kind of go any higher on either of those guys. I wish we could, and I'd love to, uh, but I just I feel like they're going to cannibalize each other. I don't think they're going to – I don't think one of them is going to be the lead back. And, you know, I don't even know if it's going to be a one, a one B or like a whatever. I don't know. I, I, you know, I think they're both RB threes, you know, Swift, you know, is more of in the past, you know, a a passing compliment, I guess, to Penny. But if either one of them goes down, now that's a different conversation. Right. And they both have the, you know, I mean, obviously every player has the ability to go down, Sure, but those two are, you know, they're up there in the, uh, in the injury, uh, you know, riddled department. So I think both of them are fine. I mean, right now Swift is a seventh rounder and Penny's a 10th rounder. So I think both of those guys are fine to take knowing that you're really looking at an RB three RB two at the most Uh, Gainwell. I like, like you said, 16th rounder. I'm fine. I'm not opposed to, you know, I'm not opposed to Boston Scott either in the 18th because they'll throw, you know, he'll get a random game with three touchdowns out of nowhere, you know? So um, in, in best ball, of course, I'm not opposed to throwing that, but I don't know in redraft, 
I might kind of stay away from both Swift and Penny. I'm a little nervous uh, of that weekly like mental gymnastics of do I start? I mean, I know, I'm not talking about taking both. I mean, either one. Like, yeah. I feel like you'd be sitting there staring at Swift every week and wondering if you should start him over whoever, you know, Rashad White, and it would just be super frustrating. So I think I'm going to stay away from um, this backfield in general for redraft, but I'll sprinkle in, you know, all of them really for uh, best ball. Probably primarily Gainwell just because he's the cheapest and um, he may get some good some good spike weeks along with Scott. Yeah, you know, Gainwell's been the healthiest uh, over the last two years, so it's definitely tempting. I, I'm with you. Redraft, Gainwell is the one I'm taking. In best ball, I'm sprinkling in all of them, but I'm not really going after anyone. And mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm staying away from Penny and Swift. It's just too scary. And Swift, you, it's funny you mentioned staring at him and you're wondering about the lineup. I did that all last year with mm-hmm. Swift. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> I did too. I had him in one of my home leagues and he was, he was very, it's, it's frustrating. It's like the mental, like I said, the mental gymnastics of staring at his name and then you pick him on the wrong week. You know, yep. you pick him one week and nothing happens. And then the next week you're like, all right, fine, I'll put you in. And then, you know, he gets you like 1.3 points. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. No, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, Minaj Gayer, thank you very much for listening. Uh, wants to know who we think the two, uh, the RB2 and RB3 are in PPR leagues after McCaffrey. Very concerned about Austin Eckler used less in uh, Moore's offense. Also, uh, they say they're going to use Joshua Kelly more. So I think uh, they're going to keep using Eckler uh, a lot. I don't think that's going to really go down too much. The one thing about Eckler is he's been primed for a touchdown regression for like three straight years. I know. He keeps scoring, but uh, I, I don't know. I he's probably still my RB two in PPR. What do you think, Jen? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd say Eckler. And then probably, uh, I mean, I know I, probably Bijan, even though he scares me, you know how I feel about him. Uh, but I would say, yeah, probably. Yeah. I would say Bijan as far, just as far as before we even start, as far as just opportunity, I, yeah. I feel like he's, he's the other guy. So I would say, yeah, after McCaffrey, I'd go Eckler and then Robinson. Yeah. And I'd probably go Nick Chubb um third just because i trust his production it, it's not, yeah i don't even necessarily think he's gonna be the rb3 i'm just confident he's not gonna be the rb12 <laughs> no and and he he never is so yeah. uh you know he's there and then uh, yeah i mean exactly that would be he'd be my, I, used to, my... I, I used to feel that way about zeke too zeke was always like he was never the rb1 he was always like the rb4 five three or whatever but i'd always take him over over the RB one. He had a good run, you know, <laughs> yep. and it's sad to see where he's gone. It's like, he's like the joke now. And, and, you know, and he just falls so far and um, it's sad, but he was extremely frustrating for people uh, the last couple of years who drafted him, hoping that he would get that role and, and get and stay healthy. And it just didn't happen. Yeah. Chubb's my new guy like that. And then Derek Henry's the one I'm scared of. Are you, are you buying Henry again this year? Cause you, you and I always buy Henry and he's just scary because one year he's not going to, one year it's not going to be there. And you just don't yeah. know. When. You know, it's weird this year so far in, at least in best ball, I just haven't really been in a spot. I don't think I've drafted him this year at all, maybe once or twice, but you know, it's tough to kind of gauge where to put him. I mean, when you look at, yeah, like you said, it's like, you don't want to fade Henry because he's just, he doesn't, he's not fadeable, but one of these years he will be because as we all know, father time is undefeated, all that stuff. It's going to happen. But that offense is just not going to be great. So it may be all him again. They may run him into the ground like, you know, and then he may be, 
you know, hurt by week eight or nine and not be able to get back out there because he had so much volume. But um, I'd like to sprinkle more in, actually, to be honest. I don't yeah. have as much Henry as I should because oh, he's going high. So it's not, you know, it's well, not yeah. easy to get him. So no, I know. But he's he's not going as high as he used to. Um, True. So I feel like this year he's a little bit cheaper. But I just always end up when I'm there preferring to take a, a receiver, you know, when I'm in that spot. It's like I'd rather end up with you know, Adams or cup or whatever, when I'm, when I'm faced with where Henry would go that I just don't take him, but I need to start mixing him in. Cause I don't think we can really, I don't think he's, we're ready to count him out. I think he's got at least one more, one more in him. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, uh, I, I need to draft a little bit more of him Re- redraft, especially I'll probably end up with more because everybody gets scared of him. Right. So I've seen him, I've seen him drop to the second round and redraft Yeah, and, I mean, uh, it's early kind third of, even. So, yeah. So, I mean, he's uh, like, you know, I mentioned our, the one we're in right now, this mock, I mean, he's at the end of the second. Yeah. I mean, that's nuts. It's actually. a good spot. It's a good spot to grab him. Um, speaking of guys who have dropped a lot, let's go to Seattle, uh, where Kenneth Walker is now available in the late fourth, early fifth round uh, after being a, a late first round pick before the draft. Obviously, they drafted Zach Charbonnet, who's going at pick 102 on underdog right now. Uh, how are you approaching the Seattle backfield in best ball and in redraft? I know you're not going to love this because I know you're you're a big Ken Walker guy, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going more on the Charbonnet side of this. I think he's already, you know, he's already been turning heads at camp, according to the beat writers and whatnot. Um, and, you know, Walker has struggled in the past as a pass catcher. So I feel like, you know, Charbonnet is a ninth rounder. Walker's a fifth. Now, still, if Walker is the guy and, and in a Pete Carroll offense, Fifth is cheap, you know, if, if that's where it ends up, ends up, you know, going, but I do like Charbonnet in the ninth. Uh, I've been grabbing him as much as I can just because, um, I know it's, you know, camp talk, but he has been impressing. So, and, and we liked him coming in, you know, to the, to the draft anyway. So, um, I do like that. And then as you know, of course I have to bring up Kenny McIntosh because I keep yeah. drafting him and. John still hasn't ranked him, um, but he is. I mean, but people are. I'm not. I can't be the only one drafting him. Um, I, I, is, I've got some. I've got some <laughs> Kenny McIntosh. He is. Uh, he is right now RB 92 uh, in the 18th round, and DJ Dallas is RB 90. So I mean, people are taking Ken McIntosh as much as they're taking uh, DJ Dallas. And you know, like I've said, Pete Carroll's going to run whoever's healthy. So if those guys, if any, if Walker or Charbonnet get hurt or. McIntosh may, you know, get his chance to get in there. So um, I think all Seattle running backs are always in play because for some reason, I don't know if it's the training staff or the way they run them, they all get hurt every year, you know, for (laughs) for different periods of time. And then you end up having, you know, like a Travis Homer, TJ Dallas tandem at some point in the season, you know, in years past Homer's gone now, but uh, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm with you. I'm buying both. Like I, I like, Obviously, you know I love Ken Walker. Uh, Ken Walker, if he was still going in the first or second round, I'd be worried. But now that he's going in the fifth round, uh, he was so good last year. And a lot like Raheem Mostert, he's not someone who needs 20 touches. He's a home run hitter. So he could get 12 carries and Charbonnet could get 12 carries and they could both have solid fantasy outings. So if you're drafting him in the fifth round, I... I love Ken Walker. I, I'm perfectly fine taking him around where people are taking Jameer Gibbs and Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones. I think that's a good spot for him, and I think he has a lot of upside. And of course, Charbonnet. Uh, you know, you're not you're not spending any money on him, so 
if you're taking him around guys like AJ Dillon and Samaj P. Ryan, I think why not? Like he's yeah. a talented guy. Uh, so I, I actually think Seattle, both those guys are appropriately priced in any format, and I'm I'm interested in all of them. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely buying Ken Walker in Dynasty if anyone's selling because he was ungettable. <laughs> two months ago and now people are kind of shopping him a little bit so if you can buy him then i i i'm i think that that's worth doing uh hi guys thank you for joining us uh we got a good old who'd you rather for us here jen nice. uh, who'd you rather tyler algier or elijah mitchell Ooh, more standalone value um and by standalone i'm assuming he means uh this assumes that christian mccaffrey and bajan robinson stay healthy right right yeah. So, yeah who who yeah um for me you know i actually like them both i i don't dislike either one i think they're both going to get play uh maybe mitchell by a little bit i feel like that offense we're not i mean mccaffrey's going to get a lot but they also need to preserve him a little bit too if they're especially if they're going to make a you know a, a late season run or a postseason run um they can't run him into the ground it just it's not physically i mean it is physically possible because he's a beast but at the same time uh, they are going to need to throw mitchell in there and mitchell if healthy uh can certainly make plays um i don't hate tyler algier either um but if i had to pick i'm going mitchell uh, you know, Jen, I uh, agree with you on every single point you just made for the reasons that you made them. I, oh, I, I have nothing cool. to add to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, cool. it's exactly the way that I would approach that as well. All right. Uh, <laughs> I was going to talk Washington. Um, I, I think we could skip Washington. I agree with you. I love Antonio Gibson. That, that's kind of where I am on that. Um, anything you want to say about Brian Robinson? Well, I mean, or? Brian Robinson is fine. Like, he's cheap, too. I mean, he's a ninth rounder. You know, he's he's you know, he's going, his ADP is RB 34. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's a, he's a RB three as well. So um, I don't dislike him, but I think if you're going in, in any, in any format that gives points for receptions, I would go Gibson if I had to pick, but um, and, you know, it, it's tough, right? Last year, Gibson got shot, unfortunately. And so we may not have seen the best, I'm sorry, Robinson. Robinson yep. <laughs> um, we may not have seen the best Brian Robinson. So, um, you know, last year, Gibson appeared to be the more dynamic running back of the two, you know, just like comparing both of them, Gibson looked better, but you know, Robinson might have a good season. So I'm not opposed uh, to him in the ninth. He's, he's relatively inexpensive. Um, I'll, you know, given if I had to pick, cause obviously I'm not going to have two on the same team, I'm going to pick Gibson, but I'll sprinkle some Robinson in as well. In redraft it's kind of same answer. Yes. Um, redraft, like I said, if it's redraft and it's just one team, I'm going Gibson. But um, if I'm if I'm there and, and Robinson is there and he slipped a little bit and people I, I would take him in redraft. Uh, but as my RB three or four, I mean, I'm not going to you know target him. I don't think he's going to end up any better. Um, we don't really know what we're getting with that offense. I mean, Washington is kind of it's a big old question mark of the whole thing. So. And Casey KC's offense under the enemy um, obviously hasn't been really lucrative at the running back, or at least right. not at least not consistently and predictably lucrative right. on a week to week basis at the running back position. Really, since Kareem Hunt left, so uh, you know it's possible we see something similar here in Washington. I like Gibson though. Gibson's in redraft. If Gibson's my RB three, I feel pretty good. If Brian Robinson's my RB three, I feel a little worried. <laughs> yeah, I'd say more of a of an RB four. And it depends. I mean, right now, Robinson is still being drafted before Gibson, at least an underdog. You know, I don't know how it's going to shake out come August when we're all drafting home leagues and, and redraft. Um, you know, training camp is going to have a lot to do with it, too. You know, it, we'll see. 
yeah. tends to change things. Uh, all right, let's talk. Uh, those are all my like clear. These are really murky and driving me crazy. Back. Yeah, <laughs> you nailed uh, all of them. Here's uh here's the uh, not Merc, but the pond needs a little skimming category. These are these are teams I'm 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 watching you teams. You know <laughs> what I mean? So uh, I'm gonna start with Baltimore because I was very much solidly on the J.K. Dobbins train last year. I was believing him when he talked about how healthy he was and believing the Baltimore offense. Uh, you know, play callers saying that they were gonna have J.K. Dobbins more in the offense, that they were going to feature him early and often. Uh, I don't know if Dobbins came back too soon, and that's why he struggled to stay healthy over the first half of the season, but definitely wasn't the season I think anybody was hoping for from J.K. Dobbins. And we're starting to hear the same stuff again this year, how Dobbins is healthy, healthier than he's ever been, but they still have Gus Edwards, and they're getting lots of stuff from undrafted free agent Keaton Mitchell, all, all sorts of like, uh, you know, change of pace rumors and things of that sort. So, how are you approaching this Baltimore backfield? Do you think it's worth investing that fifth round pick it takes to, to, uh, to grab JK Dobbins? I have not been, I, as we've discussed on this podcast several times, I don't know that I trust the offense as a whole there. I'm just not ready to, to invest draft capital in Baltimore, especially in the fifth round. Uh, if it's not Lamar Jackson, I'm not drafting anybody that high. So for me, it's more of a, I'm on the Gus bus in the 16th round. Uh, if, if, if anything there, um, and then you saw, you have justice Hill too in the 18th, but I don't know. I think, um, yeah, I think I'm out on Dobbins. You know, I may change my tune, you know, we'll see as, as the season goes on, but right now on June 12th, I am out. <laughs> and, and I feel like justice Hill is the fetch character. Like we keep waiting for justice Hill <laughs> to know. happen and it just doesn't happen. Is yeah. mean, by the way, is mean girls too old of a reference nowadays? No, I thought about it that. Had, it's like 20 years now, right? It's had this whole resurgence. It's on Broadway. Are you kidding Does me? It? It's like, Oh yeah. It's totally, I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah. It's had a whole resurgence for this generation. Your, your daughters will be into it before you know it. Oh, good. I feel I feel good. I need Mean Girls to be in my life. Yes, that's like that's like phenomenal Rachel McAdams. So <laughs> yes, and it's um yeah, like I said, there's yeah, it's on Broadway right now. It's it's yeah, it's had a whole a whole thing. You know, it's it's back. Nice, nice. So uh, so let's talk Denver. Let's talk your Broncos. We talked a little bit about them when we when we were talking Dalvin Cook. Uh, right now, let's assume that Dalvin Cook doesn't end up in Denver. Uh, what's what's the like inflection point for you on Javante Williams? Because obviously, there's a lot up in the air with him, but the talent is there. The talent is definitely there. I I feel in my in my gut that they're going to sign somebody else, if not okay. Cook, somebody else. I just feel it. I feel like Sean Payton is not going to be comfy going in with a, with a still recovering Javante Williams and then just P Ryan. Like, I just feel like, um, and that's all they have, I think. So I don't know. Uh, I feel like they're going to sign somebody else. I may be wrong. Cause I know like Mike Boone is gone. Latavius Murray is gone. I, I don't know. Maybe they drafted a rookie that I'm not thinking of, but um, I don't think they have anybody else. So the I only guy they brought in was uh, Tony Jones, who they used to have in New Orleans under Sean Payton. So oh, maybe oh, that that guy that we yeah. all fell for a couple years ago, <laughs> he was like the sleeper. We all yep. fell for him and he did nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel like, you know, and the thing is that both of them, Williams and P. Ryan are pretty close in ADP. I mean, Javante is an eighth rounder and P. Ryan's a ninth rounder. Uh, Javante is, you know, RB 29 and P Ryan is RB 34. So they're both in that, you know, RB two, late RB three, you know, or late RB two, early RB three range. So I think Javante scares me a little bit. I mean, I, 
and I'm sure that's, you know, everybody has kind of similar feelings. I mean, you've got a guy that was supposed to be back and now he's not quite back and they're saying maybe he'll be back. And I mean, the talent is clearly there, but he's coming off a pretty big injury. Uh, P Ryan limited moments of, of goodness, you know, with the Bengals, but at the same time has never been a lead back. So I'll take them both. They're both, you know, somewhat still affordable. I mean, they're going where they should be. Uh, but I don't love clicking that button for, you know, for, for that. Um, P Ryan probably more than Javante just cause he's cheaper, but I still feel that they're going to head into the season with somebody else too. I think it's very likely. Can we just will this to be the Dalvin Cook landing spot? I want I'm, that. Like, I'm down, and I'm yeah. down if they throw Lenny in there, too, or yeah. whoever else, like Kareem Hunt. Sure. Like, uh, you know, there's definitely plenty of room, and that offense needs, you know, something, right? I mean. Kareem Hunt with, with Sean Payton. Right? Ooh. I mean, it could happen. Sounds, They're all there. That sounds I'm going to end up drafting Kareem Hunt. I don't want to draft <laughs> Kareem Hunt. <laughs> yeah, well, listen. It, yeah, I hear you on that. We, we, we've had many a discussion of yeah. that. But Very true. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, Denver, I'm kind of staying away from them. But you're right. Uh, best ball like, at cost makes sense. Redraft, I think they're going to drive you crazy. So, <laughs> so I'll probably leave them alone. Uh, let's talk about Green Bay because Aaron Jones keeps delivering. But we also see A.J. Dillon kind of slowly – cutting into that production a little bit. Uh, but AJ Dillon isn't really doing it in a way that fantasy, the fantasy community wants him to, right? He's not really putting up big fantasy numbers or anything like that. Uh, we just keep hearing the rumors of Aaron Jones's demise. So what are your thoughts? How are you taking, uh, how are you approaching the green Bay backfield? Well, it's interesting that you say that. Um, I've been taking Aaron Jones a little bit here and there. I actually took AJ Dillon this morning um, in that mock that we are both in. I believe that is my first share this entire off season. So I'm kind of coming back around like, okay, yes, he hasn't performed exactly as we would like him to be, but this is a different offense. They've got a quarterback with very small, limited, you know, action experience, if you will. So True. it's, it's not a lot Aaron of unknowns. Yeah. It's not Aaron Rodgers' team anymore. So, uh, you know, if Aaron Jones, I feel like Aaron Jones is, re is, is in a good spot. I mean, he's cheap. And if Aaron Jones can still be Aaron Jones, He's going to be, you know, right now he's RB 17 and he can certainly finish as a, as a fantasy RB one, you know, if he does get that work, if Jordan love struggles, they may need these guys, both of them. So I'm not opposed to either one. Uh, Dylan's a ninth rounder right now. RB 33. Sure. I don't know about redraft. Yeah. Maybe redraft, you know, as a, as some depth on my bench. Yeah. RB four. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of with you. I'll draft both of them at cost. I think mm -hmm. I think they both make sense where they're going. That's a it's a backfield. I think it's still going to be mostly Aaron Jones, but I think AJ Dillon would be valuable enough to roster at least. So uh, I got one more team I want to talk about. Um, I kind of hinted at it, uh, Houston. So they bring in Devin Singletary, who is one of the most underappreciated players in fantasy football because he's produced he hasn't been great but he's always drafted in double digit rounds yeah. and for that kind of production he's always like fringe rb2 rb3 numbers right so uh a valuable asset houston brings him in after damian pierce has a solid rookie season but faded down the stretch uh do you think this is gonna be uh a, a tandem backfield do you think one wins out over the other are you interested at all 
Uh, you know how I feel about Houston. I just they the whole yeah. thing, they just give me the ick. All of it. All of them. <laughs> uh, but no, I've taken Pierce and I've taken Singletary. So I can't okay. pretend like I have not taken any Houston players because I have. Uh, I just don't. I don't know that we can really count on any of it. I mean, Pierce is, you know, a six rounder, so he's kind of expensive, but if he is the lead back, then that's fine. But I do like, I like Singletary in the 13th. I mean, I don't know how you can't, you know, you just, I feel like he's going to get more usage than people realize. They also have Mike Boone and they have someone named Xavier Valade that uh, is being drafted. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's right now he's RB 136 as an 18th rounder, but he is, uh, I noticed him today when I was looking at the underdog ADP, I was like, Oh, I don't know what a Xavier Valade is, but people are drafting him. So maybe we need to find <laughs> out who he is. <laughs> I love it. It's related to a Donald Parham. That's what it is. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they also have Dario Gabalale, who's uh, not, oh, yes. the, not a fantasy viable player, but he's one of the quietly, and people don't really realize this, he's quietly one of the best pass blocking running backs in the league. So I think he's going to make the roster and get snaps, even though he's uh, probably not going to get the kind of workload that we hope. Uh, I wonder if the new head coach there, D'Amico Ryans, comes in and says, you know what, we always had kind of a multiple back system. We liked having uh, uh, that kind of an approach, a ride the hot hands kind of approach. I wonder if he's going to bring that with him, and we're going to see both of them, in which case Damian Pierce is way expensive and Devin Singletary is a bargain. So I'm that that's how I'm approaching it. <laughs> I probably won't have any Damian Pierce because of the cost. Yeah, I think I have a little bit that uh, I've taken throughout. I've sprinkled in, but I don't have a ton. I mean, I, and I feel like his ADP has gone up a little bit. I feel like he was a little bit cheaper earlier on uh, in the uh, earlier this offseason, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay. All right. So I'm going to hit. Um, I, I had a who'd you rather. We're going to rapid fire who'd you rather, and then we'll get going for the night. So, okay. So I want to start. Uh, we already talked about Tyler Algier a little bit, but I wanted to know uh, these are all players who are going around the same you can't time. See the score and it's driving me crazy. You know why? Because yeah. these are well, these are readers, and so I can't see my TV. And I'm like, yeah. I just want to score, and I can't see it. Okay, yeah. go ahead. So it's half. It's halftime. So I nothing know, will change do you know, right now. I don't even know the score. I, just I do, like... but just in case that I will, I will message it to you just in case okay. somebody is watching it as DVRing it Perfect. or something. So. Okay. <laughs> Actually, you don't have to message because we're almost done. I'll be good. I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't mean I didn't mean to cut you off. Let's go. No, that's okay. It's important stuff, Jet. This is important stuff. It, it so. is very important stuff. <laughs> um, so we were talking about Tyler Algier. How about Tyler Algier and Jalen Warren? Because they cost about the same. So if you need one of those on your roster, whether best ball or redraft, uh, which one are you opting for? I am Jalen Warren. Ah, okay. Why is that? Well, um, you know, he's I like him. I mean, there's no, first of all, there's no competition for the backup role. He is the backup. He was second uh, last year in yards per route run in his rookie class behind Brees Hall. So, you know, he's, he's, he showed that he can be the guy if he needs to be the guy. I mean, Najee Harris is the guy we know that, but um, I think Warren has decent standalone value there uh, in that offense. So I don't hate Algier, as I said earlier, but in the, would you rather I go uh, Warren? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Jay Lizard, yes, addressing the important time of the Warren Commission. Uh, Jalen Warren has a fan base, and he had about 100 touches last year, something like that. So I'd uh, like to see him find the end zone a little bit more if he's uh, if he's going to be that kind of change of pace back. But I, I like it, too. I agree with you. I like Warren over Algier in this situation. Uh, next one, who'd you rather, Jerome Ford or Chuba Hubbard? Ford, all day, until Dalvin Cook ends up in Cleveland. But Ford, <laughs> all day. Uh, <laughs> Listen, right now he's the lead back because Chubb is sidelined. 
Um, Hubbard is fine, but he's behind he's behind Sanders, who could see more passing work. So I'm all about Ford. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think Ford is going to have a role on that on that team. And uh, now I like Hubbard. I like Hubbard too. This one is is a close one for me, and one where if I'm drafting several best ball leagues, I probably end up with like 60 40 shares of Ford over Hubbard. But I, I like both of them. No, I'm with you. Uh, now here's a couple rookies for you uh, going around the same time, both late round dart throws chase brown or ty j spears well the answer to this one is travion williams <laughs> but um because that is who i'm taking um in in that spot as far as the uh bangle backup I but like if, it. I had to pick, if i had to pick between the two i would say brown um spears i mean i just feel like and i think we've talked about this before like the titans backup just doesn't it doesn't happen like as we've long been as waiting. You know, it was Darrington Evans. You know, as long as Henry's healthy, that backup is not getting – they're just not going to put up fantasy points. I feel like Brown or Travion Williams, whichever kind of ends up winning that role, even if Mixon – you know, they're still going to get work. So I'm going with I'm going with the, the Bengal. Excellent. I'm with you, especially with all the question marks around Joe Mixon, and it seems like he's falling out of favor in general. So uh, also, he got paid, and when running backs get paid, about two years later, they're done. So Right. <laughs> Uh, Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt. This is the last one I have for you. Two guys currently unemployed, but uh, both still have some potential. Just curious which one you'd be adding to the back end of your roster. I don't, I, I don't really, I don't know. I mean, I know that's you, not, you can throw Zeke in there too. If you I want. know that's not the point of this exercise is I don't know, <laughs> but I don't really dislike, like I'll take any of them because I feel like they're all going to have jobs at some point this season. Whether Fournette, Hunt, and Zeke, they're all going to be on a team. Zeke, uh, you know, he's probably going to end up back in Dallas. I mean, that's kind of been the the rumor that Jerry's going to throw. I mean, which is just gross. It makes, it makes sense, though. I know, but it's like, come on. But I think um, if I had to pick, maybe Hunt. But I, I feel like they're all kind of in similar similar sitch. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Um, I'm just going to go with what you said. I'm good with that. Uh, so, yeah. Maybe <laughs> Hunt, but meh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe hump it, man. All right. Uh, well, I think that does it. I think we thoroughly went through the murkiest situations in the league, and and it was fun. Thank you, Jen. Always a pleasure. Any final thoughts or plugs before we go? No, go Nuggets. That's all I got. <laughs> all right, listeners, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Jen Akins NFL and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks so much for checking us out, and have a good day.